Welcome to another episode of the Build That Business podcast. Today is going to be a fun one because I'm finally sitting down with fellow stationer and educator, Lainey Rudell from Design by Lainey. Design by Lainey has taught hundreds of thousands of creative business owners how to start and grow their business on their own terms. Lainey's goal is to squash the starving artist trope. She uses her skills from working with multi-million dollar corporations as part of a top fortune company to teach artists and creative how to make money and find ideal clients. She currently lives in Denver, Colorado with her husband and studio pup, Bodie. I love Lainey's approach to coaching and business, and it's just such a treat to sit down with her today. We're diving into setting boundaries in your business to make your business work for you. We talk about what it means to define success and how to do that, and we even cover how to set boundaries with ourselves, which is sometimes the hardest part as an ambitious entrepreneur. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode and welcome Lainey to the show. Hello there, and welcome to the Build That Business podcast. Lindsay J. Williams here. I'm a small-town mama from Niagara Falls, New York, with big, bold dreams. I'm also a successful solopreneur on a mission to help you build, grow, and scale your business. And I'm a damn good cheerleader, if I do say so myself. So I'll be with you every step of the way, girlfriends. Here, we share tangible tips and inspiring stories from entrepreneurs just like you, making their business dreams happen. We talk about the triumphs and the struggles of life as an entrepreneur. So what do you say? Are you ready to turn your passion into profits? Are you ready to build that business? I thought you might say so. Let's get to work. Lainey, I am so excited to welcome you to the Build That Business podcast. We are both stationers, educators, And I feel like we have so much to talk about. So I'm grateful to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to dive in. So first, Lainey, I think 99% of my listeners know you already. (laughs) The 1% that may not, will you talk a little bit about you, your business, how you got to where you are today? I'm curious to hear the whole story too, because I don't know if I've ever heard it. Yeah, I feel like... To some extent, it was always going to be there, but then it also felt like I fell into it accidentally. Like I was never purposely trying to be a stationary designer, but I always had pictured, you know, I didn't think I would like the corporate life and I always wanted to be flexible. Both my parents own their own businesses. So I think I had just always seen that as an example and always wanted to have a creative outlet. I was that kid who was like doodling in class all the time (laughs) and when I was working for AT&T, which, you know, so corporate, and I kept getting moved around. I was like the redheaded stepchild of AT&T, which is massive. So you kind of get forgotten about if you don't have a clear path. And then I decided, okay, I have all this extra time because I'm not working that hard. I'm going to start looking at other things. And I started working for a wedding planning company. And then we took a calligraphy course from Taryn from Twinkle Toast. Um, I think it was her first calligraphy course she ever taught. And we just took that for fun, just as a team building exercise. And I kind of kept doing it because I liked it and started doing calligraphy for our clients. And then other wedding planners in the area knew that I did that. And so I kind of started doing calligraphy for their clients as well. And I think I always knew like, I'm going to not be corporate forever. I'm going to do something. And that just kind of 
felt right at the time. And then eventually when you do calligraphy, like someone will ask you (laughs) if you do invitations too. And at that point I was like, sure, of course. And, you know, in the background, like Googling how to make a wedding (laughs) invitation. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of a, a little bit of an accident by way of, you know, wedding planning, but ended up like I could talk about paper colors for 10 hours. But if you talk to me about napkins, I just zone out for some reason. So (laughs) yeah, so interesting. And then when did you expand into education? How did that look for your business? Yeah, I feel like I should have known that I was going to go into education because I always like telling people what to do. (laughs) I feel like I can always see like, oh, if you made this one tweak, like your business would be a lot better and you'd be happier. So people just started asking me questions. I think I realized at some point that my audience was more other calligraphers and stationers than it was even potential clients. And so I just really enjoyed that. I think some people really enjoy the art aspect of it. And for me, like, I've always been creative and crafty, but I don't come at it as like, I'm going to make the best art in the world. I have a business background. And so I kind of came at it with that. And I found a lot of people in the industry don't have that. They're very talented artists, like so talented. Everyone's so talented, but then don't really know how to turn that into a functional business. Yeah. That is so interesting because I had Brandy Gar on the show. Love Mm -hmm. Brandy. Or I was on her show too. So I'm not sure which interview this was, but It was interesting because she asked me, Lindsay, what lights you up more? Is it the art of stationery or is it the marketing and business side of Mm -hmm. it? And it was an interesting question. I never, if you asked me this question three years ago, I would have said the art 100%. But the more I got into the business, the marketing really lit me up. And I'm curious if that's the same for you, Lainey. Or you could obviously say both, and this was just me kind of going on a tangent because I'm curious, but would you say the art of stationery lights you up more or do you think the business side, the marketing, the mm-hmm. strategic side of it? Yeah, I no qualms. I am 100% business. Like on my website, it says business with a side of art. And I think that kind of describes my whole mentality first. I can always teach people who have art as the priority, but I think that's an important thing to know about yourself in general, because if you have art as a priority, like you're looking for different milestones, different achievements, different types of uh, work that you're putting out into the world, different projects you're working on. Whereas if you have business as a priority, you're going to take different actions and do different things. You're going to have a whole different strategy. So I think that's an important thing to know about yourself and ask yourself that question. Am I in this to be a fine artist and create the most beautiful things in the world and stretch my skills? Or am I in this to be a business person and make money and kind of make my clients happy first? You know, there are stationers who do both and either way can be completely successful. You just kind of have to know what your aims are because they're going to be different than my aims. All right, Lainey. I love that because I think you're so right. I think that a lot of creative entrepreneurs, artists, stationers, because that's kind of the world that we come from, we start because of the love of the art and the craft, but sometimes it's difficult to kind of put that business and marketing hat on and they need people like you to teach them that end of it. For me, I think, and this is like a whole nother podcast episode, but I feel (laughs) like art is almost like singing. It's like a God-given gift. So like that for me is harder to teach people than the business and the marketing, which I feel like people can learn. But like Mm -hmm. you're a master 
watercolor artist or like a beautiful singer or something like, I mean, you could always perfect your crafts, but like for me, I think the marketing and the business is easier to teach and learn. This might be controversial, but I also think that the art side of it kind of doesn't matter to the extent that there are people out there who are extremely talented, who are making no money and getting no clients. And there are people out there who I don't really think are that talented that are doing great. Or, I mean, it's not that they're not talented, but just not doing anything crazy for the world of art, but are doing really well because they understand the business side of it. So there are always going to be people who are objectively more or less talented. And and of course, art is subjective. So to some extent, that doesn't even matter. I don't care what your invitations look like to some extent, as long as they're functioning and you're reaching the audience that you need to reach. There's always like whatever your style is, there's always going to be people who are interested in it. I look back on my old work and I'm like, oh, who paid money for this? But people did. And it's not to say I was terrible, (laughs) but Definitely a different style and level of finesse than I have now um, in my imitations. And people were still buying them because there's always going to be someone with your style who likes what you have to offer. And so I think to some extent when I'm coaching people, like it doesn't feel relevant. It's like, I'm not going to judge your watercolor dogs because there's always someone out there who's going to like that. Yeah. So interesting. This wasn't even the topic of the conversation. I promise we'll get to (laughs) the topic, but I love chatting with you, Lainey, because it's just so insightful and we're cut from the same cloth. So it's just fun to have this kind of like back and forth riff on this because I Mm -hmm. absolutely agree. I had a speaking engagement last night and I said that like everyone in the room was probably 10 times more talented than I was as far as Mm -hmm. art wise. And I was like, the only reason that I've been able to build a multi six figure business is because I know how to market and sell it, which Mm -hmm. I think is so interesting, not to knock my work or anybody's work, but so interesting because you're so right. Art is subjective. There's something for everybody. And it's just marketing and selling to the right audience. So I just had to like say how much I loved that point. So today we're going to talk about making business work for you, how to set boundaries in your business. So Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about that. But first, I want to get your take on what does it mean to define success in your business? Let's start there and then Mm -hmm. we can get into why is it important to set boundaries that kind of protects that vision of success for your business? Yeah, I think it's important to set those boundaries like for your clients and also for yourself. And in order to do that, you need to know where you're trying to go. So one thing that I hate when I see other educators is that there's always this like my way or the highway approach. Do this thing to be successful. If you don't offer a lead magnet, you're not going to be successful. If you don't um, give away something free, you're not going to be successful. If you don't do this, whatever. If you're not on Instagram or TikTok, you're not going to be successful. And like none of that is a blanket statement, in my opinion. There are so many businesses being successful in a million different ways. So if you want to be successful in the way that I am, you know, maybe do some of the things that I do. But if you want to be successful in different ways, you know, one of the things I preach is just understanding where you want to be because you don't want to be in the same place that I do. So we need to think about it differently and we need to define what success means for you because success might mean managing a team of 10 and having a $3 million business, or it might mean 
working four hours a day and spending the other time with your family. And, you know, maybe you need to bring in like $20,000 profit just to pay for your vacations every year or whatever. So everyone's in this for different reasons. And you have to know what those reasons are in order to get your strategy because it's so easy to get distracted by a million different people telling you a million different things to do to be successful or like a million different directions to move in. So in order to figure out how to set your boundaries, you first have to say, where do I want to be? Yeah. Okay. I love this. So good because you're right. I think that's the first question we need to ask ourselves because there is different paths or different things you can do to get to like different versions of success, like you say. And something Mm -hmm. to kind of touch on that, how I completely agree about it could be so overwhelming with different educators teaching different things. And I found that especially in this pivot to education, because I've been following mm-hmm. a lot of educators that teach how to develop an online business, education, all of that. And I was finding myself putting a little bit of effort into all these things like a freebie here, go live every week, do this, do right. that. And it was like diluting my effort. And then finally, I listened to a podcast and we all know this, but I just needed this reminder to like lean into your strengths. Mm-hmm. So I went all in on what I felt like I was stronger at. And then I got help on like the tech side or like I would sit on YouTube literally when I started this podcast and <laughs> like 20 videos of like how to edit audio. And it was like I spent all day just editing the intro to this podcast. What could have gotten help? for that and then leaned into what the strength was. So mm-hmm. your point of like, this educator says this, this one says that, this one says that. I love that you say like, start with defining what you want, your success. And I would also say what your strengths are too. Do you agree? Absolutely. And I think it's just as important to acknowledge your weaknesses. Yes. <laughs> um, that's a big boundary that you have to set with yourself is I am not good at this. I need to pay for someone to do this. And that feels hard. And letting go of it, letting go of your business is like one of the hardest things that you can do. And I have not done it fully. So I'm not in any way an expert on that. That's like a do as I say, not as I do moment. But the more I have let go of my business, the more happy I've been and the more I've been able to focus on the things that I'm best at and the more money I've made. The more I've paid other people, the more money I've made. Yeah. And I think that leap is so hard for so many of us. We're both in the same (laughs) camp there. Like any entrepreneur has that transition of like trading time for dollars and getting help Mm -hmm. on something so that they can free up their time to do things that light them up, that they're good at, and that they can kind of get more accomplished in less time. Like I literally hired a podcast editor this week (laughs) as we're talking (laughs) mid-August. So we're like right in that transition now. But I would spend, Lainey, each episode, it would be like three hours to edit. I'm not Mm -hmm. kidding. I would like go through and figure out the levels and all this stuff. And I sent a few episodes to the podcast editor and she was done within like 30 minutes. I'm like, what? Right. She's like, I have all the systems. I know what I'm doing. So it's such a good point of determining your strengths, your weaknesses, and being confident enough to invest in that help so that you can go where your strengths are. I love that. Mm -hmm. And like at the beginning, maybe you have three hours to edit a podcast or whatever it is. And maybe it feels cheaper because that's $0 versus, you know, if you pay someone $150, $200 to do that, 
But as you get busier, your time becomes more valuable. And so that $0 you're investing by spending three hours doing it, you know, now if you're charging someone $100 an hour to do something, that now costs you $300. So it's cheaper to pay someone $100 or $200 to do it uh, because your time just becomes more and more valuable the more busy you get. Even if you feel like you have the time and it's worth it now, you want to act like the business that you want to be in the future not necessarily the business that you are right now. Calling all paper people. If you're a stationer like Lainey and I, lean in for a sec. Do you know about the Stationery School? It's an online educational membership created just for invitation designers to grow your art and design skills, to up-level your marketing, and improve on all the boring business stuff too. Stationary School is full of bite-sized tutorials and easily digestible, no-fluff lessons so you can learn a new skill while sipping coffee or up your business savvy during lunch hour. The coolest part, it's only $35 a month to get the full bank of past Stationary School trainings and new lessons every month from top educators in the industry. I'm so honored that Lainey asked me to be an educator in Stationary School, so you'll see that my wedding show training just dropped into the program this month. To sign up, visit lindsayjwilliams.com slash stationary school. I'm going to make this Kim Kardashian and Chris Humphreys marriage quick so that we can get back to the episode. I have a free class called How I 10X My Wedding Business from 30K to 300K in yearly revenue, and I want you there. Why? Because it's hands down the most inspiring, actionable, and valuable free training I've ever created to help wedding pros like you grow and scale their businesses. I'm ready to share these gems with you. Number one, how I 10X'd my wedding stationery business from 30K to 300K in just five years. Number two, the number one way I generate leads in my business. And number three, how to warm up your leads, making the sale easier to close. Just save your comfy seat at lindsayjwilliams.com slash masterclass and we'll walk through it all together. The best part, the class is on demand so you can watch it right now or catch the replay and watch when you're ready. This masterclass just might be the catalyst that changes everything for your wedding business. A hundred percent. I love this. And it's like funny because it's things that we know. We've both built wildly successful stationary companies and your education company is phenomenal. So we mm-hmm. built these, but sometimes, like you said, we have to like step back and take our own advice sometimes. And that's exactly what I did this week. So I love that you mentioned that. So this episode, 15 minutes into it, after I've totally tangents, <laughs> I'm like, as when I get you on the other side of the mic, I have to ask all the things. But yeah. the episode, we're talking about setting boundaries with your clients, mm-hmm. which I think you are the perfect person to talk about this. You have such a way of setting boundaries and being strong and enforcing them, but doing it in such a graceful way. And we're going to talk about all of this, but I think... For me, like when I started to set boundaries in my business, I had this fear of like coming across as rude or too hard or Mm -hmm. unwilling to help. And you do this so well and it never comes across like that. So I first want to talk about why it's important to set boundaries with your clients. And then I want to get into 
how we can set them without feeling bad or feeling rude. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's three reasons, one of which might be a surprise to you. So first is like we need boundaries because of our sanity. We cannot be everything to every client. So we have to be able to set boundaries so that we can serve them in the best way and that we're not going crazy and that we have a life. You deserve a life. (laughs) Um, I think even if someone's listening to this that doesn't own their own business and works in a nine to five corporate, we still need to set those boundaries because we still deserve a life outside. Secondly, I alluded to this earlier, but as you get busier, you'll need the boundaries more. You might be able to say yes to everything a client asks today, but when you have seven clients at a time, are you going to be able to say yes to that? Are you going to be able to go the extra mile with them? You're probably not going to be able to because your time is going to become more valuable. Mm -hmm. And then the third reason, which might surprise some of us, it's kind of counterintuitive, is that setting boundaries is better customer service and it makes you look more professional. So the type of company that says yes to everything a client asks is the type of company who doesn't have any other clients, who's never done this before, who's not confident in their time or their process. Because if you're just saying yes to everything, that's showing that like you don't have anything better to do. And clients are picking up on that whether you think they are or not. So it seems like we should always say yes. And saying yes is going to be the best version of customer service. But you're actually going to lead to a better experience if you're able to clearly define where the project starts and ends and where your involvement with them starts and ends. I love that you kind of mentioned like setting these boundaries now, even though we might have the time to say yes to everything, it sets up the foundation of our business to be able to scale, to spend our time on the things that are going to grow the business rather than like saying yes to everything and just having busy work all day. So there's so many good points to this. And also I love the last point. That's something that I did not think of. I Mm -hmm. knew obviously in order to serve your clients well, you protect your time, but saying yes to everything is often a lot of us that don't have a lot of clients. You're so right. And I think they can pick up on that. And you're the expert here. Like if I walk into a car dealership or you know if someone comes over to do some electricity work or something where i'm a total idiot in that field that's how your clients are walking into stationary design or whatever it is that you do in a nice way we need to treat them as if they're total idiots and we're the expert and we need to explain like give them examples of how to engage in this process as a client by leading them as the expert so they're relying on us not only to do the work that we're doing, but also manage the process and manage the expectations that are on them as well as on us as the designer or whatever you do. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it reminds me of an appointment I had. This must have been a year in my business. I was like so green and didn't know what I was doing. But a couple and they got married on Valentine's Day and they wanted heart-shaped save-the-date magnets. And then, of course, I was like very new, desperate for any job that I could get. And I remember I quoted them for regular magnets. And then the bride was like, oh, like I would love a heart-shaped magnet. I was like, oh, we can do that. No extra cost. I'll hand cut them, which was like <laughs> I should have done a die. But the groom looked at me like, okay, this is fishy. Like, why would it not be an extra cost? And he asked me that. He goes, why would you hand cut these for not an extra cost? 
And I don't even know what my answer was there, but it was an awkward moment. And it was exactly what you're saying now, how they pick up on that stuff. At least for me, looking back, it probably looked unprofessional, like Mm -hmm. scattered. I don't know. And we can look back on this now and like own up to like all of (laughs) the stories. I love him for saying that. That's so funny. And I I think people pick up on it. Like I recently was having some work done on my website and this person was very talented and did a very good job, but did not at any point really explain to me how the process was going. So I kind of felt throughout the process, like, I don't know when she's supposed to start on my project, when I should follow up with her, at what point I should expect her to be done or how many revisions I should expect her to be capable of, like those kind of things. It was just very unclear. And, you know, I felt I was fine with the final product, but during the process, I kind of felt like I didn't know how to act as the client because it hadn't been clearly explained to me. Yeah. You're so right. Such a good point. I kind of refer to like training your clients how to be good clients. And I say, clients are idiots when they come into your world. And I say we train our clients and I love all of my clients. And it's very, very rare that I have a client that we have a negative relationship at all. Um, So I, I hope it doesn't seem like I'm being patronizing to them, but in general, like they expect you to keep doing what you've always done and you can expect them to keep doing what they've always done. So this is why like red flags are not going to go after booking. They're not going to become a great client after booking if they're kind of nitpicking or anything during the booking process. And the same for you, like if you respond to every email within an hour, then like the one day that you don't, they're going to be confused. So I think it's your job to live up to the boundaries that you can consistently meet so that the time that you don't miss it is confusing to them. So if I don't respond to my clients within a day, none of them are stressed because I've never really responded to them within a day even when I could. So I start that from the beginning and set that boundary and they know that I'm working on it and then I'll get back to them tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. This is so good, Lainey. I love it. I could just like, <laughs> let you go forever. Just keep talking. I love it. So once we set these boundaries in place, so we know the importance mm-hmm. of them, how do we get past the feeling of feeling rude or harsh or mm-hmm. you know, all the things that come into our heads when we're like starting to enforce boundaries? Yeah, I think the first thing is that I'm just going to tell you, mostly women that are listening, it's just not rude. We have been taught that it's rude when we set boundaries, and it's literally not. However, we're mostly working with women as well, and so maybe you feel it, and me telling you it's not rude is not enough to make you not feel it, which I understand. I think it's a lot about just setting clear expectations from the beginning, so If you give them upfront reminders, like don't just put all your boundaries in your contract and expect them to remember everything. So when you send them a proof, you know, remind them of the timeline, remind them that they need to send it back within a certain time period, remind them how they can contact you, Um, remind them like what to expect from you. Hey, thanks for filling out the questionnaire. We will get back to you in five to seven business days with the first round of proofs. And you can use a system like I love Dubsado. Um, Lindsay, I'm not sure what you use, but I review like a million client management systems. So any of those systems will help you kind of sending some of those reminders automatically and things. And then it's your job to kind of set an expectation too. So if you're going to uh, do something, make sure that you're doing it on time, make sure that you're living up to the boundaries that you're setting as well and setting a good example for them. And then I think a big mindset shift is 
taking this from like a boss servant relationship to a mutually beneficial relationship. A lot of stationary designers and other creatives are so grateful to have clients that we feel like they are doing us a favor by working with us and by giving us money. And I want to tell you that's not true. Like this is a mutually beneficial relationship and it's okay to have expectations of them as well as them having expectations of you. If they were capable of doing this themselves, they wouldn't be paying you to do it. It's not like they're totally in charge of this relationship. And actually as the expert, like I would say that you're in charge of this relationship. If we can get out of that mindset of like the customer is always right I'm grateful to them. They could have gone anywhere. I'm so glad they're paying me this money. And we can really get behind this being a mutually beneficial working relationship. Then it's easier to set those boundaries and have expectations of them than if you're kind of just doing everything they want, acting like a servant, acting like you're so grateful and you owe them for giving you this job. Lainey, there's like so many good sound bites in that. I don't know how I'm going to tell my editor to grab a sound bite. It was so good. And it's something that I think once we flip that mindset of the boss servant to the mutually beneficial, so mm-hmm. many things are going to change in the, so many things. the audience listening to their businesses. Their confidence is going to go up. Sales mm-hmm. goals won't seem so scary. You're going to show up so differently. So oh, anybody listening, that was gold. Rewind for like the 10 minutes and yeah. just listen to that again. So good. I think the biggest key to that also just kind of as a sidebar is really getting behind the value of your work. So I think that we feel, oh my gosh, I would never pay $5,000 for invitations. So like, I'm so grateful that they're doing that. And we feel like they're giving us more than we're giving them. So if you can really start to get behind the value of that and just, I mean, functionally, some tips for that is just like practicing saying it, you know, really diving into the time that you're giving, really diving into your expenses and really feeling comfortable with like all of your pricing. I think that will help you feel like, okay, they're paying me a fair value for what they're getting in return. And so we need to make this like a good relationship. And if they try to get out of the scope of the project, you know, I need to either charge more or set a boundary there. That will help you get behind that mindset shift a little bit. Yeah. I think it might take a little bit of time to like live Mm -hmm. into it, but oh my goodness, it's going to change everything for your business. It's especially like, I know you love the wedding shows and I work with wedding planners a lot. And I think that's especially important because we treat wedding planners as if, oh my gosh, they're this God that has all these clients to bestow upon us. And I think that's not true. I was a wedding planner for a while. We need good vendor lists. We're constantly looking for new good vendors who fit our client style because we're constantly having new and different clients. So the more you can get behind like, Hey, here's how I can help you in your business. And here's how you can help me in my business. And we can both help the client together. That's a totally different relationship. And you're going to have a totally different vibe and action. And you're going to feel different about that relationship than if you're like, please, please send me clients, wedding planner. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're just going to stand so much taller. You're going to show up. Mm -hmm. so differently. I love everything about that part. So Also on this note, how do we set boundaries? So we're going to show up differently after that gold you just dropped. I love that. (laughs) How do we start to set boundaries for ourselves in business too? So setting boundaries for our clients are one thing, but 
setting boundaries for ourselves can be a little trickier. So let's talk about that. <laughs> How do we do that? What kind of boundaries should we set? Let's talk about that. Yeah, this a little bit goes back to the relationship you have with your clients. Any boundary that you set with them, you also have to honor. So if you tell them you're not going to answer phone calls, you can't answer phone calls. If you tell them that you're not going to work after 5 p.m., like you can't make it look like you're working after 5 p.m. Maybe you're doing their proofs, but you schedule the email to send at 8.30 uh, the next morning. Maybe you just don't send it until then, et cetera. Uh, there's a lot of ways to kind of make it look like you're staying with the boundaries. But if you break the boundaries and then anything you set on yourself, like if I'm going to get you this proof in two business days, like I need to get you the proof in two business days. So it's very important to live up to any of the boundaries that you're setting with your clients. But then it's also important to just set boundaries for yourself from the business so that you're not like getting, you know, you're not letting it become this thing that you're not enjoying or that doesn't feel right for you. So I mean, something that I had to do that was really hard was just turning off notifications. I recently went on a three-day trip without my computer, and it's the longest I've been without my computer, (laughs) two days of which were weekend, so I wasn't going to work anyway, but it was very stressful when I was packing. And I was like, but what if this happens? And you have to just kind of trust to some extent that none of what we're doing is emergent. No one's going to die if your invitations get there late. Um, and you have to live your life and not, you know, nothing bad is going to happen if I step away from my computer for three days. It's helpful to like also set clear policies when you're in the right headspace for them. So the right time to decide if you're willing to give a discount is not the minute that someone asks for it because you're not in the right headspace. You are thinking about how to get this client, how to book them, how much money or how cool their project is. You're not thinking about your business in the right headspace. So the way to manage that is to set those policies, you know, on a day when you're not talking to anyone, write down what you want, write down why you're setting certain policies and then live up to them. So that could include like discounts or the type of work you do, how you contribute to styled shoots, if you give planner discounts or commissions, all of these policies you can set into place before you're in the midst of that question. And then when you're in the midst of that question, you can just look at those sheet that you wrote out and say, oh, wait, no, I don't give planner discounts because I wrote that on my policy sheet and it's no longer something that I do. Or I no longer do signage because I said I would no longer do signage. And you know, you have to just make those policies in a clear state of mind. And then when you're in that moment, trust that you can do it. And we think of boundaries as limiting. We think if we say no to signage that someone's not going to hire us to do all the other stationery, but it's fine. I don't do napkins, cups, anything that's not paper. I mean, napkins are even paper, but I don't even do those. Um, I don't do any signage over 11 by 17. I don't do so many things. I don't do logos. There's a ton of things that I don't do anymore. And the more that you say no to these things, the more you're opening up space for other things. And I promise like if a client wants you to do their stationery, they're not going to say no if you don't have cups on your offering. Like It's helpful to have somewhere to refer them to do that, but you don't have to be everything to them. So I think that's an important mindset shift that will help you manage those boundaries that you have on yourself. So many amazing reminders, amazing tips. I'm so grateful that we connected. I'm grateful for you. And I love the way that you teach. You're just confident, matter of fact, like 
<laughs> I love the way that you teach because so many of us are thinking of these things or we're scared of these mm-hmm. things or there's so many things that you bring up that is just like that is so on point and no one talks about it. So I love everything that you put out and I'm grateful that you came on the show today. Lainey, where can we find you, learn more about you? And I want you to talk a little bit too about the stationary school because I want to talk a little bit more about that. That's another resource that you have that I absolutely love, but give us all the things where we can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say most likely you can find me on YouTube and Instagram. I just have a ton, a ton of resources. If you have a question, I have likely answered it on YouTube. I practically live on Instagram. It's embarrassing. So um, find me there. I'm Design by Lainey everywhere. And it's L-A-N-E-Y if anyone isn't aware. (laughs) Kind of a weird name. But also, yes, if you want to learn things, I have a couple like major courses. One is from start to suite, which is basically super beginner, setting up your business, learning how to do stationary design, printing assembly, everything from start to suite. Um, I also have a course power and pricing that's all about pricing stationary design. And then if you kind of just want to pick and choose different things, I have a membership called stationary school. It's monthly and we'll come out with two lessons every month. A lot of them are from me, but then I bring in, this is a boundary that I have. I try not to teach on anything (laughs) that I don't feel confident and I don't feel like I can accurately teach on. So for instance, I have asked, coerced Lindsay into (laughs) teaching about wedding shows in September. So that's going to be live September for all the members there. And you can learn just honestly so many things. There's two emails that go out every week. One is like a motivational one things to think about for the week. And then one is like a walkthrough, like direct tutorial, how to do something. Um, And then every month there's two larger lessons that we learn, such as Lindsay's course on wedding shows. Awesome, Lainey. And guys, I will link all of this. I'll link (laughs) where you can find Lainey, her YouTube, her Instagram. She's got an amazing group on Facebook too, Stationary Squad. Mm -hmm. I'll link all of that. I'll link all of the resources of course, stationary school. I'm grateful to be a part of that in September, Lainey. So I will give you guys all the goods, but first things first, hop on over to Instagram, go follow her. She is just gold nuggets everywhere. So thank you, thank you lady. Designed by Lainey is the Instagram, but I'll pop all of the links too. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such an honor to have you on. Yes, it was so much fun. Love talking about boundaries. And if I left people with one piece of wisdom, it's just that what you might see from a million other people might not work for you. So if something isn't feeling right, there's a reason for that. And there's only one thing that I ever say you have to do to be successful, which is be legit and above board. Like we don't break rules, we don't do anything shady. But past that, you can be successful in any way, shape, or form. You know, you didn't start your own business to just do what's been done before. So don't let even me tell you you have to or can't do something. (laughs) Uh, I love that. Such a beautiful reminder and a beautiful way to end our episode. Thank you, Lainey. You're awesome. 
There you have it. We just finished another episode of the Build That Business podcast. For a recap of the show, head on over to lindsayjwilliams.com slash show notes. And if you're looking for a community of like-minded creative entrepreneurs, join us inside our private Facebook group at lindsayjwilliams.com slash group. I can't wait to see you there. Oh, and P.S. If you love this episode and never want to miss an opportunity to be challenged and inspired, click subscribe now. Keep on building that business, girl friends.